It's all good. I'm excited. Uh, we're, we're entering into a series that the Lord has laid on my heart for a, a little while now. If you've been in any of our leadership meetings or any staff meetings, vision night, uh, this is a series that I've just felt inspired, uh, God breathed by the Holy Spirit. And so this morning I pray, um, I was, like, was going to say I pray you p- play, p- pay special attention, but I, I just hope you do that every week anyway. But um, I, just, I, just, I just believe that God wants to do something through this series. Um, you know, it's, here's the thing is we've done uh, a series called uh, Free Indeed. Who remembers Free Indeed? That was awesome. And I believe totally in those principles about uh, um, being free across our entire life and, and working on these. But that was a, that was a series uh, taken from a pastor called Robert Morris. And these, uh, we've done The Blessed Life as well. He created that series. Uh, very good as the Bible. So why not use it? Because it's great for equipping people for life. Amen. And so there's no problem with doing series and teaching series from other pastors, other people. Uh, but this is something that is, is home-breathed. Uh, God's given this to me. Um, he may have given it to someone else before, and, and that's okay. But what I'm preaching, what I'm sharing today and over the next, um, well, we're going to do two weeks. And then we've got Mother's Day. And then we're going to do two more weeks after that. And uh, so over those four weeks, I'm just really believing God to just do something phenomenal in, in our hearts. And so uh, I pray that we would be able to help that out. If you can turn me down in the monitor, that might help just a little bit. That will be good. Are we good? All right. I'm excited. Shout Conference is coming up. Fantastic. It's great because I get to, uh, we're catching up with a whole lot of friends and we've got uh, Pastor Francesco uh, is going to be down here with us and uh, Pastor John Sparrow, Pat Sparrow's son, is going to be with us as well and, and we're working hard to getting Banu from Calcutta down with us and so uh, we've got people from Rome, Central Coast America and India. And so that'll be cool. And there's other people, obviously, around, um, different pastors. You know, Jürgen from Germany is going to be around in, um, in New Zealand. Dan, all the different guys and, and, and their uh, uh, wives. And it's going to be awesome. Uh, but more than that, I'm just believing that God's going to turn up and minister into, into my heart. I know he'll minister into your heart, but I'm actually excited that he's going to minister into my heart. I've got an expectation. And so Shout Conference is not that far away, but... We as a church just want to do as much as we can to help you get there. And uh, we've run out of $60 tickets that we purchased last year. But um, I've just decided you can still, if, only if you're from this church, we're not going to share it with anyone else. Or if you're from Dunedin, that's fine. Um, but as a church, we will continue to offer $60 tickets and we're going to pay the rest of that ticket. Uh, but you have to, obviously, you've got to do it through the resource area. Uh, and they will help you out, and, and that's actually, uh, but next year, hey, just be a little bit more planned and buy your ticket at the end of, <laughs> can I just share that? Yeah. All right, buy, the, buy your ticket for next year at the end of this conference, because that's going to be the cheapest, and um, we want to be able to, why, why do we do this? Because we believe in the, these, these, these uh, encounters with God. And so we want to do as much as we can to help you get there. So I want to encourage you, do what you can to get there. It's in the school holidays. 
it's going to be awesome. And uh, Ryan said you know, he'll share his accommodation with you. So, uh, but you just got to put up with him. Anyway, <laughs> all good. Okay, we're going to get into this. Father, I pray help in Jesus' name. Amen. This this word generosity has has just been on my heart for a long time. And uh, and as you know, um, I, I play with words a little bit, sometimes intentionally, a lot of the time unintentionally. Uh, but this word generosity, if we can put it up there, uh, it would be great. It just was stirring in my heart, and, and I did have to check. I, I was like, how do you actually spell generosity? I was like, with a C or is it with an S? Or, um, but today we've chosen to make it with a C for all. It's all right. We know that it's with an S. All right. So, but this word generosity has just been stirring my heart. I'm like, Lord, what do you mean by, by generosity? Because I'm, I'm praying this prayer. Lord, how do we reach a city? How do we reach a city? We've had prophetic encouragement and prophetic words spoken. I'm like, okay, Lord, how do we do this? And, 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 and he's given me this word generosity. And it's something, you know, that's part of, 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 of a gift that God's given me. And, and even I need to stir up the generosity in my heart. Uh, sometimes you can get tired. Anyone, anyone tired? You don't have to respond this morning because you're tired. That's all right. I'm being generous for you this morning. But um, sometimes when we're tired, we just, I can't be bothered. Or we say it in other ways, you know, or whatever. You just get tired. But, but the, here's the thing is the world makes us tired because there's so many things to do. You've got to work, you've got to look after kids because you want to look after kids and, and you've got to do this and you've got to do that and, and all this. And even this week, and this is no disrespect for anyone if this involves you, but uh, someone, uh, someone sent me a message saying, someone in the church needs help shifting. I'm like, what am I, crown removals? I'm the pastor. And, uh, and I'm sitting here studying generosity. And the Lord goes, well... I'm like, and I literally, I'm going through my week going, when am I going to fit this in? How can I do this? And, uh, and, and so by faith, I brought my trailer in on, on a certain day, and, and I, was, I, I was like, I don't, I've got no one to help me. And, uh, and, and so we're, in fact, and after my e-group on Thursday lunchtime, a couple of guys were available. We shot up the hill, helped this person move for an hour, got the big stuff done, got out of there. And I was like, oh, phew, how do I do that? How do you, how, how do, you do this thing? And, um, and so the Lord just showed me, come on, you've got a larger capacity than, than what you believe you have. And, uh, you know, you might be sitting there this morning going, generosity, how the heck can I add or do anything more in my life? Well, I believe God's going to show you. He's going to give you um, give you the answers over the next four weeks. And, and I'm really believing that, that your world is going to go to a, another level. Let's go to the Scripture this morning. And, in fact, let's reverse that if you don't mind, Joe. I want to put up Proverbs chapter 11, 24 first. Because if our worlds are to go to another level, this is how we're hopefully going to do it. The world of the generous 
gets larger and larger. The world of, a, of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. It's a principle that if you're a generous person, your world is going to get larger and larger. And if you're a stingy person, you're going to get, your world's going to get smaller and smaller. And we have to embrace this. We have to embrace this because the parable of the talents where the, 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 the master gives the, the three, three servants a, a talent each, which is the, you know, the five bags of, of um, money, the two and the one. And then you know the story. If, if you don't know it, look it up in the Bible. It's in the Gospels. I think it's Matthew 18. I can't remember. Um, anyway, but um, what am I saying? The, at the end of that, it says the, the, the reward is that you get given more responsibility. And so we actually have to embrace a thought, a, a principle in our world that my world has to get or should be getting larger and larger. Uh, because why, uh, if we're using well what God has given to us, uh, the Lord's going to re- um, bless us with more responsibility. And I don't know about you, but I want my life to bring glory to Jesus. And I don't want to be sitting in heaven relaxing uh, underneath the p- palm trees and the sun beating down. I'm not sure if heaven's like that, but anyway, uh, relaxing. And the Lord having a conversation with me is like, man, you could have, I had so much more for you to do. Uh, that would be such a tragic way of, of, of life. But anyway, so the world of the generous uh, will get larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. It's no surprise that this scripture that's coming up next is, is going to be part of the series because I use this scripture all the time. Uh, And so let's go to these scriptures, Acts chapter 2. You know this, if you've been in church a little while, you would have heard me read and read and read this scripture out to you. But I need to read this again because this is just this first church. And and this is the first church that 3,000 people were added to. And that's a good business strategy right there. Anyway, it says this, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing and meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to the fellowship those who were being saved. This is an amazing piece of Scripture, and I just love it because it, it helps me so much. I, I, I dive into it a lot, and, and just little words pop up, and little things, are just, just the Lord speaks to me. And, and I believe this is a foundational Scripture for a lot of early church, a lot of churches in, the, in this day and age, because it shows us so much about how the first church responded and acted and, and lived together, and, and, and how God blessed the church. And so I believe we can learn so much from it. See, there's, I want to just, just talk about a, a word that came up in that. Did anyone notice that there was one word that came up five times? And it wasn't the. <laughs> Let's put that scripture back up again. 
And it says, and I'll just let you have a little look. There's only two on this slide. Oh, it's not all. It's not. It's not a small word. All right, it's not a small word. I'll just do the background music while you guys are trying to look. Anyway, let's move on real quick. Okay, let me just let me help you out. Let me just help you out. Be brave. Shout it out. Yeah. Amen. Who likes going to the McDonald's drive-through? And so I'll have some fries, thanks. Would you like anything? No, I'll just have some of yours. Uh, isn't sharing is one of those words that sharing is caring? No, it's not. Oh, you know, you want some fries? Get your own fries. I don't, and it's not like that in our family, but you know, what about? Are you one of those people that like like you go out for dinner with a group of people, but you go to a like a Thai or an Indian restaurant, and someone pipes up and says, "Let's just get a whole lot of platters to share." And you start shaking, and the sweat is coming on before you've had any curry. And then you're like, whoa, you're getting nervous. You're like, whoa, it's going to go on here. I've got to share. I was like, but, I, but who ate my naan bread with cheese? You know, you know what I mean? It's like somebody, somebody, some people are getting worked up this morning already. And we're not in dinner. It's just an example, all right? Just can't, just can't. But here's the thing: when we were in, when we were in the UK, we'd go out for dinner often, and and I didn't have a problem of sharing and all that. And I didn't have a, But there was something that happened when, when, when you had to leave is what they call paying the bill. And someone will always pipe up and go, "Oh, how many people are here? Let's just split it ten ways." I was watching my budget. I only had, I had the garlic bread. I, don't, I can't afford to pay for all the other stuff as well. And then and, and something comes, arises up in you again. And, and, and this, this sharing word, this sharing word is a, is a challenging word. But in the Bible, in Acts chapter 42, sorry, not 42, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, uh, this word share comes up so often. It comes up about five times. And, and it's a culture that the Lord is showing, that, the, that, that has been taught to us. And I believe the first point, the first, the first um, what am I trying to say? The first label, topic, title, there we go. The first title of, of the series, of this generosity series, is, is I really want to just establish a culture of generosity. The culture of generosity. In, in Acts chapter 2, there was just so much generosity going in. There, there was so much shearing happening that it created the outwork of this of the shearing equal joy and generosity. Yeah. Uh, I, don't know, I, I, I don't know about you, but I want to have joy in my heart, in my life. And I also want to be generous as a person. But it's only going to come from a place where we figure out that nothing is our own. If you look at Acts chapter 2 there, you read through that and not one thing they labeled their own. It says that they, they sold their, their possessions and they shared their money between them. So here's a culture 
that Christ has actually establishing in our hearts, we need to, number one, organize and know in our heart that nothing that we have is our own. Absolutely nothing. You might say, well, I've worked really hard for my house or my car. Well, guess what? God gave that to you. God gave you the ability to be that awesome person, to, to train, to do that job. He, he has given that to you. And everything that we are in Christ is Jesus. Nothing that we have our, as our own selves. And so if we want to grow in this culture of honor, we've got to understand that nothing is our own. And once we understand that, so much freedom will come into our heart and will come into our, in our life. And I believe we'll go, go from, from generosity to generosity. You know, I've shared this before, but I was having a coffee with someone. They said, yeah, one day I want to buy someone a house. And I asked them, well, how many cups of coffee have you taken people out for? And I was like, because you'll never buy someone a house if you can't buy them a cup of coffee. So the world of the generous will get larger and larger. I've got another scripture that I'm going to throw in here. Uh, again, it's a principle. And so I, I, want, to, I want to read this because you think be thinking, what the heck is this all about? But let's go. Luke chapter 6. Judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Oh, here we go. The pastor's talking about finances. Pastor's talking about giving. This is how it fits into this. Just wait, you're wrong. All right. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over uh, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Is that it? That's it. Here's the thing, all that is good, but it's the last line that we really have to take note of, is for the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Jesus is, is interested in the measure you use. That's why even if we're talking about giving, which we're not this morning, we're just talking about a culture of generosity, it does incorporate giving, but that's going to be on the third week, and so we'll talk about that. That actually is the miracle offering day. But so don't worry about that right now. But there's this principle here. The, the way for the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So the measure that you use to forgive is the same measure that God's going to measure back to you. The measure you use in your judge, uh, when you judge, when you're judgmental, when you're critical, when you're harsh, is going to be the same measure God's going to measure back to you. Ouch. It's like suddenly we're on our knees and hands confessing to the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. Because um, we're human, right? Because sometimes we erupt and sometimes we, it's just how it is. But we sanctify ourselves. We need Jesus in our lives. But the principle that I'm sharing here and wanting to bring into and teach this morning is it's the same measure that you use that will be measured back to you. Jesus even watched in the temple when they're bringing the offering in, 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 into, the, into the collection area. And, you know, there was these big poncy people who had lots of finances and they were blessed. God had blessed them. But it was all about show for them. But then there was this one little, I'm assuming she was little. So I don't know if it says that she's little, but it says there's one widow and she gave 
two mites, which was everything that she had. And the Lord led me to a question, and I wonder if it's easier to understand this, the measure by just thinking of percentage. I don't have scripture around this, but I think it helps when we think about percentage. If I, if I can 100% forgive people, the Lord will 100% forgive me. He, so I'm, I'm not saying this, is, this is, could be awkward doctrine, doctrine right now because you're forgiven. Amen. But the Lord says that if we don't forgive others, he can't forgive us. And so, but what about when we judge people? Oh, I've got most of it good, but every now and then I just have an attitude. I'll just have a blowout. Oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, but, you know, but here's the thing when it says the same measure. And so when we're talking about generosity, there's a principle here that the measure we use in our life, well, the measure will be used back to us. But then think about it another way. The resources that you have and the resources that God has. And if you're going to use uh, 50% of your resources versus, and, and God's going to measure back to you 50% of His resources, that's exciting because I know that God's resources way outweigh any of my resources. But He says that He will be blessed and will be pressed down, shaking together, running over. And so when it comes to generosity, I really believe that God's calling us to a place to, that, to believe to be generous with our life. I shared at Vision Night that we've got to put a demand on our faith to go, where can I go from this? Where can I go from this? Where can I, you know, we've had prophetic word after prophetic word, church, that says we're going to be able to, we, we can reach a city. And the first step is to be a church of a thousand, which has been prophesied that it's going to happen sooner rather than later. I'm excited about that. But does that put a demand on my faith? Yes. Have I ever led a church of a thousand? No. But God has. Am I connected with the Lord? Yes. But I've got to put a demand on my faith. I'm saying, church, put a demand on your faith when it comes to generosity. Now, here's the thing. Don't let finances overshadow this, this culture of generosity. Finances is, finances is a part of our life. It's not all of our life. To, to carry a culture of generosity is, is to carry something that inf- that that uh, infects. That's I'm going to use that word. Uh, affects all of our life. And, and so I want to. I want you to be encouraged this morning that your world can get larger and larger. It's going to take faith. You're going to have to believe, and you're going to have to trust God. But hey, if we're going to reach a city, Amen. It's going to take generosity to reach a city, and we'll go from there. And so I want you to be encouraged this morning that the measure that we use in our generosity, God's going to measure it back to us. God's going to bless us so much. I'm I'm like, this week, I didn't have time to do that extra little job. I'm like, Lord, Lord, how do I get this time back? How do I, you know, I just needed to do it. I just had to do it. I, I just because I knew the Lord was testing me. as like, here's something that I want to. Oh, you, he's, he was saying, no, he wasn't saying you complain about not having enough time, because I wasn't complaining about not having enough time. But there's lots on, and I've got to believe for more. I've got to believe, Lord, how can I be more diligent with the time that I have? Amen. Anyway, let's keep going.
See, Jesus is establishing a culture of generosity. I love, I love in Genesis chapter 24, verses 12 to 14, there's, so, so uh, Abraham wants to have, get a wife for Isaac, and he sends his servant out. And one of, the, one of the servants says to the Lord, he's praying, and I, let's just read it. Oh, Lord, God of my master Abraham, he prayed, please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master Abraham. Um, see, I am standing here beside the spring, and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink, and I will water your camels too. Let her be the one you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. And I was just studying and doing this, and the Lord brought this up to me. I just reminded me of this. It was like, you know, when there's one of the guys that needed a wife and the servant, so I went and studied it and found out their correct names. And uh, it was Isaac and Rebecca. And here's the thing is, you know, we have many opportunities that God's calling us to be generous in. But we can just give a drink. But what she did was not just give a drink, but she, she watered all the camels. Now, I don't know if you've been on a camel, seen a camel. I don't know how many camels were there. These things are thirsty. And they drink a lot of water. And so there's this, there's this already a culture of generosity running through her heart. She says, oh, yeah, I can do this. I bet you she had other jobs to do. I bet you she was, there was other things that she, she, she had responsibilities for. But she did this. And what happened? She became uh, the wife of Isaac and, 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 and had her name written in history books. Why? Because she just didn't bring someone a glass of water. She did far more than what she was ever asked to do. Because the servant only asked her, may I have a drink? He did not ask her, can I have a drink and can you water my camels? Because that was the very thing that he was using for the Lord to show who was going to be the wife. So I want to I say we can go further in our worlds. Um, we just got to trust God and have faith. Amen. Awesome. So, four things that I just want to quickly share out of uh, Acts chapter 2 and a few other scriptures that I believe will help create a culture of generosity in you and in me. I'm going on this journey as well. First one is uh, Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, uh, um, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with these questions, obviously talking to Jesus. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied this, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the people are based on these two commandments. The first thing, if we want to build a culture of generosity, we've got to love the Lord 
with all our mind, with all our heart, with all our soul. And the second, which is just as equal, is to love our neighbor as ourselves. Here's a test. Why don't you imagine your neighbor as God? Why don't you imagine your work member as God? You can't really because sometimes the way they act, obviously. Just to, but just a thought. Because they are, we've got to love God, but how do we love that person? How do we love our neighbor? We come in here and we worship the Lord and we praise the Lord and we thank Jesus for all that he's done for us. And that is a good thing. Amen. We love praising Jesus. But what about thinking about our neighbor and, and thinking about how desperate their situation is without Jesus as their Lord and Savior? And going, Lord, how can I serve them? How can I love them? And Because if you were lost, if you were dying, would you want someone to come and love you? Yeah. I believe. Amen. And, and, and this, is, this is something that I believe is an anointing and, an, and, and something that God wants to release on us is a desire to love people more. And, and we have to choose whether we're going to embrace it or not. Or not. Because the culture of generosity means I've got to, my world's got to get bigger. I don't have enough time. That's our biggest argument. Well, God's given us enough time. But I want to challenge us today, man. Uh, the, if we want to create a culture of generosity, let's, let's fall in love with Jesus even more to a point that we fall in love with our neighbor than we fall in love with, you know what I mean, in the right way. <laughs> Make sure that's edited correctly. And we love our neighbor and we lead them to a place of salvation in Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm like, how do I dig myself out of that hole? Right. And here's the thing. It's by faith. It's by faith. Church, I, I, I'm... I'm even going, Lord, how do I love my neighbor more? We've just shifted to a new little area, and it's, it's quite cool because um, there's already an email list of where we live, and they send us an email, or they hacked our files. I'm not sure how they got our email address or connection or whatever, contact, and they've asked, would you like to be put on the email list for the little area? And we're like, yeah, that'd be great. And uh, you know, and and this little community that we're living in is, is is people just stop on the side of the road, wind their window down. Hey, how's it going? Oh, my name's John. I'm just down the other driveway on the right hand side there. Nice to meet you. Oh, handbrake on, gets out of the car, come down. Like, I'm busy, man. I'm washing the car. I've only got 10 minutes before I can do this, and then I've got to take the kids back into the Moana pool and go on the hydro slide. And then I've got to get home and make nachos because it's Nacho Friday. John, get back in your car, put your seatbelt on, and go to your house down the driveway on the right-hand side. I didn't even that, that was not an example I wrote down. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I was like, ah. I was like, so I stopped and so I didn't do that, obviously, just in case you thought I, that was who I was. 
no, I put down the water blaster and and uh, I went and had a chat with him and a great guy and and uh, we're looking forward to the next potluck dinner in the community hall. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but you know, you know our response sometimes is is oh right. But I'm, I'm loving the fact that we've, you know, even when we're in McAndrew Bay and starting to get to know some of the uh, other kids' parents um, because they want to have play dates and all that sort of stuff. And, and, you know, even now, I coach soccer on a Saturday morning. I wear my Highlanders jersey just to make me feel better because <laughs> it's rugby I like, not soccer. But that's all right. If you like soccer, that's fine. But, but I was like, there's another way that I can, there must be, an, there's, if, I'm, if I'm going to be out doing s- sport on a Saturday morning, how can I connect? And I'm using my work email address, because it's the Corpus Church. And I was like, let's sew that out there. And, you know, you know, I want people to know who I am and what I am. And, uh, you know, there's, we're already working, I'm all, there's already a solo you know, a family that's broken up and we're working hard to try and make sure that their kid gets to the football game every time and I've got to go down the hill, pick up gear and all this sort of stuff where I, you know, go, I could go out of my way. And, but Lord, give me a heart to love my neighbour as I love you, Jesus. If we're going to create a culture of generosity, it's going to come from loving God and loving people. Loving God and loving people. I love, I, love, I mean, our, our previous neighbors um, in McAndrew Bay, they, they had two kids there. We were able to get to know them and talk to them and continue um, connecting with them. And we'll have play dates as well. And we're going to believe one day we'll, they'll come to church. You know? And so we're believing for that. But let's love God and love people. Number two, and I've talked about this already, but sharing, simply just sharing. Acts chapter 2, 42 and 47 came up a number of times, the word share. What can you share? No one likes sharing stuff. You try and touch my food, I'll bite your fingers off. (laughs) I would rather pay for an extra burger for you. Well, that's my way of sharing. <laughs> sharing. Where are you at with sharing? Because nothing's yours. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16, when we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? See, someone first shared with us for us to be in a place of freedom and favor in, in Christ Jesus. And so if you've got a problem or an issue around sharing, I want to encourage you, go back to Jesus and just start thanking Him. And the more you start thanking God, the more your heart will break. And the more your heart will break, you'll realize how much you need it. And then you'll start asking him for a heart that shares. And in fact, a couple of weeks ago on Good Friday, we encouraged people to go into your homes and to have uh, communion. 
and uh, and 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 have a meal and all that sort of stuff. And I, um, I, I don't. Uh, maybe I do. I don't know. Uh, sometimes every now and then I get a little bit emotional. Uh, but I found myself on that Good Friday, um, just have, have with a whole lot, just a, f- a few friends around, a few people around, and 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 we just had communion. I led communion simply out of out of um, Corinthians and and how they took the bread and broke it, and and then we just started passing it around, and the Holy Spirit just did something in me. It's like this is <laughs> we're sharing this stuff. And God doesn't want us just to hold on to the bread for ourselves, but to share the body of Christ with the, all of Dunedin, with all of our nation, to share the blood of Jesus Christ with every single person possible. And when it comes to sharing, with, it's just something that we've got to ask the Lord to help us with. I think you know, there's, there's, there's such a miracle in sharing. And I think that's why it's so hard for kids when they grow up, when they're going, everything's mine, 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 no, you know. And, and, then, and then, then they start getting old enough to be a little bit more physical and they can beat you down uh, if you touch their new beer or, or cuddly beer, you know. It's like, anyway, anyway. Um, it's like, and then it's just like, just share, guys, just share. Just please share. It's like, I know I'm not talking to my kids here, but I'm, I wouldn't talk to you like that. But, but as a church, come on, share. Let's share. Let's, let's share what God has given to us. The miracle in, in, in Mark chapter 6, verse 41, the feeding of the 5,000. Do you know where the miracle was? When someone broke off a bit of bread and shared it. Now, for the sake of time, I did walk halfway to the Caltex, and then I turned around and I said, no, this will use up too much time. I was going to have four king-size bars of chocolate here. And I was going to pass them out and just say, just take some and pass it on. But I was going to make sure there wasn't going to be enough for everyone. And I was just going to see if people would share. If they would share. See, the miracle of the 5,000 was... That it wasn't that Jesus lifted it up, gave blessed it, and broke it. The miracle was that the disciples took it and started sharing it and sharing it. And then the next person got, got some and they, and they shared it. And they shared it. How did they share it? That was the miracle because there was enough to share. I want you to know that God is so big, so strong and mighty, there is enough of Him to share. And everything in your world, there's going to be enough in your world to share. And it's not just, and it's going to lead people to faith in Jesus Christ because generosity, people are, people are interested in it because generally they want something. But hey, if they're interested in the generosity that I have because they want Jesus Christ, then I'm happy. I'll give people all that I have. So that's number three. Um, oh no, that was number two, wasn't it? Woo! All right. Real quick, number three um, giving your life. If we want to create a culture of generosity. So all through Acts chapter 2 there, we can see that they devoted themselves to each other. So they loved God and they loved people. They, they shared everything uh, that they, they had. Number three, the giving of their life. You know, just recently we've had Anzac Day. It's a great day. 
where we remember and commemorate all those that gave their lives, that served to bring freedom, to bring protection around our country and other countries. And, and uh, there's, there's, I honour that, and I think that's amazing. I have my own family that, were, that served in, in different wars that were killed in action. My own grandfather was a POW in war. And so I honour all of this stuff. But you just see, you just see through Facebook and social media, this scripture come up all the time. John chapter 15, verse 13. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one, for one's friend. And, and, and it's true. And, and I, I'm, I'm glad that this scripture is associated to remembering and, and honoring those that gave, gave their lives. But let's give our lives for the cause of Jesus Christ. We can be so safe in our little old New Zealand. We're the furthest down the bottom of the world. We're like, so what if, if they're playing with nuclear bombs up there? We're not going to be affected. Yeah, we will. We, we've got to get out of our belief so much that, you know, there's been lots and many, many prophetic words about from the ends of the earth that the Lord will move. And many missionaries have been sent from New Zealand and Australia out to the rest of the world. And many, many crusades have happened. Uh, come on, let's not have little old New Zealand mindset. Let's, let's yeah, let's, our, our life is important, but our life can be used to serve Jesus. Amen? Amen. I'm just going quickly on that one. Uh, number four. This is the last one. The music team can jump up, please. Um, and this is part of Acts chapter 2. At the end, they devoted themselves to each other and to prayer. I think for a culture of generosity in our lives, we need to love God and love people. We need to share or create a, a culture of sharing in our lives. There's got to be a culture of giving our entire life. We can't hold back. If you want to step into everything that God has for you, give your whole life. Don't hold back. And then in the last point, really, and it's, it's no real surprise because I've learned that the more you pray, the more intimate you become with Jesus. The more intimate you become with Jesus, the first three points become easier and easier. But if we're honest, sometimes prayer is hard. Uh, one of my friends, he, he's telling me he prays the length of his road. I'm like, that's a good idea. But how long does it take you to drive from your place down the length of your road? And this is not a condemnation. I think this is a great idea. But what about if we challenged ourselves to not just pray for five minutes, but to pray for 10, to believe to get to 20, to believe to be able to get to an hour. Well, how am I going to put an hour of prayer in? Well, I just watch. Watch what God will do with a servant who's given their entire lives to minister and believe for a city, to believe for generosity. See, with this scripture, we know it. We, can, we put it on our wallpaper 
But wallpaper is no good unless you read it and then you act on it. And this, or we put it up on Facebook and we love this scripture. But it says, I just want to read it a little bit earlier. And, and from verse 11, it says, Solomon finished the temple of the Lord as well as the royal palace. He completed everything he had planned to do in the construction of the temple and the palace. Then one night the Lord appeared to Solomon and said, Heavens, uh, sorry, oh, and said, I have heard your prayer and chosen this temple as a place for making sacrifices. At time I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or commands grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues among you. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. My eyes will be opened and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. For I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever. I will always watch over it, for it is dear to me. There's a, there's a tragic, tragic moment in that scripture. That, that could possibly happen. And it's right at the start. When, and it, praise the Lord, Solomon didn't think this way. But Solomon could have thought that once the building was built, that was it. But it was so much more than just a building. I couldn't give a rip about this building. I mean, praise the Lord, today it's warm. We've got a roof over our head. Amen for that. We've got some nice areas out there. And kids are enjoying themselves. If there's anyone in the parents' room, how's it going? Hope the coffee's good. But it's just a building. When we leave, it's empty. I often come in here when no one's here. There's nothing here. But when we come... When we're here, the anointing of the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit turns up. But I believe that God wants us to turn up our prayer because there's a principle and a blessing attached to it. If my people will humble themselves and pray. Can I encourage us as a church to pray? How am I going to pray? Just start with five minutes. Just go to 10. Just go to 20. Go to an hour and suddenly there's a desire in your heart to pray. To pray. Pray for yourselves. Pray for your families. But pray for your neighbor. Pray for your workmate. Pray for the city. How can we do this? We can do it. Because God's called us to do it. We can testify about the goodness of God in our lives. Every person's got a testimony to share and to believe for. Can I encourage you? Let's create a culture of generosity. A culture of generosity that goes across our entire life and not just held for one area of our life when it comes to this area or this area. I say, let's, let, let's believe for a culture of generosity. 
to be over our entire life. So real quickly, love God, love people. Sharing, giving your life all to Jesus and to prayer were just four things that I picked up out of Acts chapter 2, the first church that we saw the Lord add to, to bring glory to His name. Come on, let's be a church that wants to bring glory to Jesus' name. That we don't exist for ourselves. I pray that we we have more awkward conversations. Other people coming in that need help. Well, I love it. I had a friend talk to me and say, "Hey, this mind your marriage course. Do you have to be a Christian to do it?" I'm like, "Heck no." Whatever helps. If someone's struggling in their marriage and they want to come to it, bring them along. They can choose how they want to respond. And this may even bring them to a place of salvation. Amen. What could happen? I love it. Equip her. Unsaved people come along. Women's events. Awesome. We don't need an event. Let's just use our every ordinary day life. That's what Pastor Desiree started off with this morning. Just use yourself and believe by faith God's called you. Let's create a culture of generosity in our lives. Amen.